0: I got to tell you, most Jesus followers, um, when it comes to the Holy Spirit, and we've been talking about the Holy Spirit for the last several weeks. This is like, I think, part five. Um, most Jesus followers swing um, to one extreme or the other. We we have either nothing to do with the Holy Spirit, or we claim that everything is from the Holy Spirit. Either there is an overemphasis or an underemphasis of the Holy Spirit. In my early years. Uh, many of you know I grew up in church, and my family attended a church in my very early years where I I really believed that the Holy Spirit was misrepresented many, many times. Um, people would do things or say things and claim that it was the Holy Spirit, and I'm pretty sure it wasn't. I don't know if you've ever experienced situations like that or churches or people like that. In my young adult years, my church, my family attended a church that had a balanced approach to who uh, the Holy Spirit was and how to experience the Holy Spirit. I don't know where you are. I don't know where you're at in your understanding of the Holy Spirit. But there's one thing that I do know, that none of us have embraced him fully because we really don't understand or experience who the Holy Spirit is fully. And I think that all of us, I don't care where you are on this spectrum Where you are in your understanding of the Holy Spirit, where you are in your experience with church. Maybe this is new to you. Maybe this is something that you've been doing all your life. I don't care where you are on this spectrum. I believe that all of us need to learn and grow and experience the Holy Spirit more in our lives. This needs to change. And so that's why we've stepped into this series uh, because one of the best ways to learn about the Holy Spirit is from the Bible. And we believe that. And so we have been digging into what Jesus has said. We're going to take a look at the life of Paul today and uh, just learn a lot about the Holy Spirit. I want to ask you a question though. Did you know that the word Holy Spirit or Spirit rather is found over 800 times in scripture? And that to me that that's amazing. In fact, you don't even have to go very far in scripture to find the word spirit or the person of the Holy Spirit. I mean, we go to just the book of Genesis chapter one, verse two, and I bet you know this verse. Let's, let's read it out loud together. Come on, read it with me. In the beginning, God created, I don't hear you, the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and the spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. So throughout the Old Testament, the Spirit of God works. And what's interesting is the Spirit of God works very uniquely. The Spirit of God would come upon a person, a leader, a king, a warrior would come upon a person, and then the Spirit of God would go away. It was like an anointing that was temporary. We're told that the Spirit of God came upon Samson and he would grow strong. Um, We're told in scriptures that the Spirit of God came upon Saul, um, that the Spirit of God came upon David in this way. But when Jesus came along in the New Testament, Jesus changed things. In fact, this is a passage that we've been looking at now for several weeks, and I want you to catch this. Jesus said, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never, look at this, leave you. Then he says, he is the Holy Spirit Who leads into all truth? Jesus is saying to us that the Holy Spirit, whom He is giving us, will never leave us. He's always going to be with us. And then Jesus says that the Holy Spirit is coming for a purpose. He's coming to lead us, that He will always be leading. In fact, Jesus says in John 16, a little bit later, that when the Spirit of truth comes, He will, what's that word? Guide you into all truth. So in this series, We've really had this desire to see, to, for us to see and, and become aware, and then to d- discover and experience the leading of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Recently, I heard a true story about these two guys that had stolen a car. And maybe you've heard this story too. The high speed chase, the, the police were in hot pursuit, and the, the high speed chase came to a stop when the thieves crashed the car into a concrete utility pole while attempting to make a turn. And after the thieves were treated by paramedics and then arrested, obviously, police discovered that in stealing the car, the thieves removed the steering wheel because it had a club lock mechanism on it. So they were trying to steer the car in a high-speed chase with pliers. Think about that for a minute. Up to 90, 100 miles an hour steering a car with a pair of pliers. Now, how many of you know that it's hard to steer a car with pliers at high speed? How many of you agree with me on that one, huh? I mean, some of us have a hard time steering a car with a steering wheel on it, let alone with a pair of pliers. You know, it's amazing. It's it's hard to steer a car at any speed. But man, with pliers, it's kind of a metaphor of life. I mean, I mean, think about it. When I'm, I'm traveling at such high speeds in my life, and so are you. We're, we're traveling at such high speeds, and we try to steer our own life. The problem is we don't have a steering wheel. We're, <laughs> we're using pliers or some other form to try to direct and steer our life. Maybe we need to chuck the pliers, throw those away, quit trying to steer our own life, and maybe we should allow the Holy Spirit to direct our life. Maybe we wouldn't crash as often. Just a thought. The Apostle Paul says this to us. Look what he says, Galatians 5. Let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Come on, read it with me again. Let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Every part, the question that is begging to be asked at this point is what would my life look like if I followed the Holy Spirit's leading in every part of my life? What would your life look like if you were following the Holy Spirit in every part of your life? I know exactly what your life or what my life would look like if we were doing that. If, if I followed the Holy Spirit in every part of my life, my life would look a lot more like Jesus, and so would yours. It's because Jesus followed the Holy Spirit's leading. And sometimes we miss this because we we think of Jesus as being God's son. And we forget that the Apostle Paul told us in Philippians 2 that when Jesus came and took on human form, when he came to earth, he set aside uh, his godness to become a man. And so in that becoming a man, he is leaning on the leading of the Holy Spirit. He is needing that in his life. And so we're, we see that throughout the New Testament, especially the Gospels. Take a look at it. Um, it says, one day, Mark 1, one day Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee, and John baptized him in the Jordan River. And we all know that. We've probably heard that story. Jesus was baptized by John. And then we read this. Then Jesus... Full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River, he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Don't miss that. Sometimes we read right past that, and you know what we jump to? We jump to the temptations of Jesus. We jump to that desert experience where he and Satan they had it out. Satan is like, you know, turn these stones into bread, and, and Jesus is like, no, I'm not going to do that, and all these things. We jump right to that, and we we miss this little phrase that says that Jesus was led by the Spirit. Hmm. So, what exactly does it look like to be led by the Spirit? I don't know if you ever thought about that. How how does the Holy Spirit lead? I mean, right now, some of us, we don't know what to do. We're we're facing big decisions. We're facing things in relationships, decisions about jobs and future and whatever we have going on in our life. And we need to know what to do. We need to make some decisions. We need some information. Some of us have multiple options in front of us. We have these turns in the road that we don't know which way to go, right or left, and, and so we are looking to be led. We spend so much time worrying and stressing over these things in our lives. Some of us just simply have everyday concerns. We just need some guidance. We need someone to help us make the decisions, to take the steps that we need to take and we just don't know what to do. So I think it's really key that we would talk about how the Holy Spirit leads us so that we can be aware of that and be sensitive to that so that we can follow. So I want you to get this down in your outline. First off, the Holy Spirit leads us by using the Bible. Hopefully you're going to use the outline as we walk through it today. Just to get it down and some scriptures are on there as well. But just when you write it down, it helps you to remember. So the, so the Holy Spirit leads by using the Bible. I don't know if you ever thought about it. The, the primary media that the Holy Spirit uses to speak into our lives is the Bible, is scripture. Jesus says, he is the Holy Spirit who leads us into all truth. Circle that word truth on your outline. That's something that we talked about last week. We'd love for you to go to our podcast and kind of catch up if you missed last week. But we talked about that this word Truth points to the Bible that the Spirit and Scripture always work together. The Holy Spirit will never tell you to do something inconsistent with the Bible. The Holy Spirit will never reveal anything contrary to Scripture. The Holy Spirit always shares what's in line with what God has already said to us. In fact, the Holy Spirit's work always centers around the Bible. I mean, we can approach the Bible knowing that as we read it, as we study it, Um, that that the Holy Spirit will help us to comprehend it and and, uh, embrace it. And not only embrace, but imply the truth and, and live out what we're beginning to learn through Scripture. Jesus says the Holy Spirit will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. Now, this is where it gets a little bit Bible nerdy, so hang with me, all right? Because we're going to kind of geek out a little bit here in this scripture. I think, think this is amazing. Um, most of us know that the Bible is called the Word of God. So turn to the person next to you and just say, the Word of God, okay? We know it's the Word of God, right? What's interesting about this word, word, <laughs> this term, word, that's used is that in, if you don't know, the New Testament was originally written in Greek and then later translated so that we could have it in English. And in the original Greek, the term word is actually two different words, Um, logos and rhema. Logos is a very generic term, very general term. It refers to God's word to everyone. Basically, that's Everything from Genesis to Revelation, cover to cover, the Ten Commandments, Jesus' the Sermon on the Mount, um, you know, the, the shepherd's psalm in Psalm 23, any of these passages that are big, you know, name passages that you know, that I know, all of this stuff, it's God's generic, general word to everybody. You know, the Apostle Paul, look what he says in 2 Timothy 3. He says, every part of Scripture is God-breathed. Notice that, every part is God-breathed and useful one way or another, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way. Notice this last part, through the word, we are put together and shaped for the tasks God has for us. I love it out of the message paraphrase. So the Bible is the clearest way that the Holy Spirit communicates to us. So don't miss that. And, and its foundation is, this is rather the foundation for the second type of word, this, this general generic speaking that God does through his word is the foundation for the second way that the Holy Spirit speaks to us, and it's through rhema. Rhema is a specific term. Uh, it refers to God's word to me. So we have God's word to everybody through logos, but then we have rhema, which is God's word to me, God's word to It's when God is communicating, not only through his written word, but he's taking that written word, the Holy Spirit is taking that written word, and he's personally speaking to you, directly speaking to you. Um, Rhema is a specific word to a specific person for a specific situation at a specific time. And so why I'm really pushing this, this this teaching point here is because I've experienced this many times in my life, and maybe you have too, where all of a sudden a scripture, it's like it comes alive. You know, uh, We're told in scripture that the Bible is active and alive, but man, it, sometimes it is. And like you're going through a situation and all of a sudden you read something in the Bible or you hear somebody speak about something in the Bible and it's like it comes off the page at you. I like to say that the Bible is not just black words on white pages. It's alive. It's God's word to me. It's God's word to you. And the Holy Spirit is the one that takes that logos and makes it rhema in our lives. It makes it where it applies to us. And we hear God speaking to us personally in our lives. Um, I'm convinced there are several benefits to the Holy Spirit speaking personally into our lives. A personal word into our lives. For me, though, one stands out the most, and it's found in something that the apostle Paul writes. Take a look at this verse, and I'm going way back old school, New King James version. It's not a version that we use very often here, but this is the way I I like to, I remember it as a kid, and so I like to pull this out. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Say it with me. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. What's interesting is this term translated as word in this verse In the original Greek, guess what? It's rhema. It's rhema. Paul is saying, listen to this, Paul is saying that a personal word spoken to me grows my faith. And I believe that. I've experienced it. Maybe you have too. When God begins to speak through the Holy Spirit, he takes his word and he speaks into my life, all of a sudden I realize, you know what? There is a God and he loves me, and he knows my life, and he has a purpose for me, and he is directing me, and he's real. It's like my faith in him begins to grow. I've discovered that through a personal word, the Holy Spirit lets me know that he's with me. He lets me know that, that what I'm facing and what I'm feeling, he knows all about, that he's in control, and I can trust him no matter what. These are the kinds of things that I sense and I know when the Holy Spirit speaks to a, a personal word, I, I got to share something with you. Just this week, um, the Holy Spirit spoke spoke into my life a passage that I hadn't thought about in a long time. It was through a dialogue that Moses had with God, and and many of you know that I I do book studies for my personal time. And right now, I'm in Second Kings. I've worked through um, the life of Elijah, ministry of Elijah, and now I've stepped into Elisha, and I use several different writers commentaries um, to help me understand the scripture so I'm not just reading and I'm really studying it in depth and of all things this one particular writer points Elisha and the life of Elisha back to a similarity with Moses and so I'm sitting there and I'm reading and I'm like wow it just kind of like like stirs my interest I'm like what exactly is he talking about And he mentions Exodus 33. So I pop back in my Bible, my Bible app, the YouVersion Bible app. I hope you're using that. I pop back into Exodus 33, and I begin to read. And it was one of those moments where, as I read, I felt like God knew what I'm going through. I don't know if that makes sense to you or not. But I was reading this scenario where Moses basically was saying to God, you told me to lead your people to the promised land, God. You told me that you would provide all we need. And Moses says, but I'm just not sure of this. I'm just not sure. So, so God, if this is true, let me know your ways so I can understand you more fully. Now, I got to be honest. This asphalt project has been overwhelming at times. Knowing we need to do this over the summer has been pressure. Trying to get a good contractor at a good price has been pressure. Getting bids that were way more expensive than we expected has been pressure. And so I've been checking in the loans. I've been praying for a miracle. And I know many of you have too. But it's been this weight. I will be glad when God provides We're done for this project. It's been overwhelming at times. And God took the Holy Spirit took God's words to Moses, his reply to Moses, and spoke to me just a few days ago on Friday. Take a look at what God says to Moses. I will personally go with you, and I will give you rest. Everything will be fine. And I I sat in my office weeping, because I knew that God was speaking to me about right where I was and right exactly what I was feeling. It's like the Holy Spirit took that ancient word, that conversation dialogue, and he brought it into my life, and I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, take these words as God is saying them to you, that God knows where you are, and he knows what you're feeling. And he's with you. And it's going to be okay. Hmm. You know, sometimes the situation is so big and so overwhelming that it's hard to trust. Anybody else like me in that? It's, it's hard to trust. And so when the Holy Spirit comes alongside and speaks like this, for me, my faith grows when the Holy Spirit speaks personally to me. Look at what Jesus said again. The Holy Spirit will teach you everything, and will, what's that word right there? Remind you of everything I have told you. So I ask questions when I study the, the Bible, and I asked this question this week. I said, why would the Holy Spirit need to remind me? Why would, why would I, why would you need to be reminded of what Jesus said? I believe that in the reminding, the Holy Spirit takes what Jesus said and makes it applicable to what I need to hear at that time. That that he all of a sudden takes something that was in the pages of the Bible and makes it so that I can apply it, so that I can live it out. Um, You know, friends, the only way that the Holy Spirit can remind me is, is if I'm reading the Bible, if I'm studying the Bible. And I hope that you're doing that. That's the only way that a reminding is gonna take place. Sadly, for many of us, Honestly, I think the Holy Spirit would have a better chance of reminding us of the lyrics of some song or reminding us of what we watched on TV last week or reminding us of our favorite team stats or a Facebook quote or some video we watched on YouTube. For many of us, it would be next to impossible for the Holy Spirit to remind us of anything in the Bible. You know why? Because we don't read the Bible. It's time that we start reading. You know why? Because that's the source that the Holy Spirit uses to speak into our lives. I mean, Jesus told us, you know, that if you're not reading and studying the Bible, you are missing out on the number one source the the Holy Spirit uses to lead, to lead you, to direct you. Next, get this one down. The Holy Spirit leads by using the church, not just the Bible, but the church. As a follower of Jesus, if you are a follower of Jesus today, you are not only in a relationship with Jesus, but it's so cool, you are in a relationship with other Jesus followers, And and this is called the church. This is what Jesus started and established and launched called the church. And throughout the book of Acts, we see it kind of taking off and then becoming into full fruition of what Jesus had in mind. Um, Other than using scripture, the most common way that the Holy Spirit leads us, leads me, leads you, is through the church, through other followers of Jesus. In fact, The Holy Spirit wants you to get help and get counsel from other Jesus followers. And if you aren't, you will make a lot of unnecessary mistakes in your life. The best thing that you can do is have other Jesus followers in your life that you can go to and say, Hey, I'm thinking about this. I may be doing this. I've got these decisions to make. I'm thinking about this in a relationship or in my job or whatever. Can you pray with me? Can you be honest with me? Can you give me feedback on this? We need people like that in our lives that we know follow Jesus and we know love us so that we can trust them and they can speak into our lives and help us. And the Holy Spirit wants to have that be a part of your life. I think that's what the church is all about. The biggest reason people mess up their lives is because they try to live without accountability. They try to live without support and advice and counsel of other people. And maybe you experience experienced that. I know that there are times that I have experienced that before. All of us need to be open to the counsel of other Jesus followers. Take a look at this, this guy named Saul, who, if you don't know, it's, um, it's Paul. Um, later on, his, his name kind of changes. God does some things in his life. We're going to see that in just a minute. But take a look at what Saul experienced in Acts chapter 9. Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest and requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus, asking for their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way that he found there. As he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone around him. He fell to the ground. He heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice said, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. So Saul picked up himself off the ground, but when he opened his eyes he was blind. So his companions led him by the hand to Damascus. He remained there blind for 3 days and did not eat or drink. Can you imagine being in that situation where well, your vision has been taken from you? Now there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias. And the Lord spoke to him in a vision and said, "Go to straight street to the house of Judas. When you get there, ask for a, na- a man named Saul. He is praying to me right now. I have shown him in a vision uh, a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and laying hands on him so he can see again. Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles, to kings, and to the people of Israel. So Ananias went and found Saul. He laid his hands on him, and he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road, has sent me so that you may regain your sight. But he didn't stop there. And be filled with the Holy Spirit. Wow. And it says, Instantly, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he regained his sight. Afterward, he ate some food and regained his strength. And right here it says, Saul stayed with the believers in Damascus. What I want you to see here, beyond the big narrative story of Saul's life, a.k.a. Paul, is that he was receiving, leading from the Holy Spirit through another believer. Don't miss this. This was a turning point in Saul's life, spiritually speaking, not just spiritually, in all ways. It was a turning point, a major defining moment in his life. And what did God use? What did the Holy Spirit use? He used another Jesus follower to come in, to bring counsel, to bring encouragement, to bring healing and wholeness, and to point the way. Wow. And then he ends up, Saul ends up staying with other believers. In fact, if you went on to read the story, and I encourage you to do that in Acts 9, you go on to read the story, it says that he began to preach about Jesus being the Son of God from that point on. That he was so encouraged by this situation that it literally turned him from being a one who opposes Jesus' followers to one who helps and encourages and builds them up and wants to see more people follow Jesus. Wow. In Acts 13, we read something else about this guy. Among the prophets and teachers of the church at Antioch, don't miss that, the church at Antioch, don't miss that, says among these people, were Barnabas, Simeon, Lucius, Menian, and Saul. Wow. Now he's not just a, a new believer. Now he's one of the prophets and teachers, church leaders. And it says, one day as these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, wait, 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 what? The, the Holy Spirit said, the Holy Spirit was speaking. Who is he speaking to? The church leaders, this group. He said, Appoint Barnabas and Saul for the special work to which I have called them. After more prayer, the men laid their hands on them and sent them on their way. So Barnabas and Saul were sent out by the Holy Spirit. You see the connection there? That that the Holy Spirit is using the church in the life of this man, Saul. He's changing his life. He's changing his direction. He's leading his life. Through the church, the Holy Spirit told Saul and Barnabas, what they were supposed to do, where they were supposed to go. Lastly, get this one down. The Holy Spirit leads by using circumstances. So not only the Bible, not only the church, he uses circumstances. We see evidence of this again in the same guy's life. Paul, a.k.a. Saul. (laughs) Paul recognizes an open door. He recognizes a closed door. I mean, look at what he he writes in 1 Corinthians 16. He says, I will be staying here at Ephesus. There is a wide open door for a great work here. So he recognizes that there is an open door, so he stays there, which he took to be the Holy Spirit's leading in his life, that he was supposed to stay. But this one is a little tricky, and I want you to be careful of this because a lot of the times um, we have a tendency to think that circumstances are the thing that leads us the most and it's not. Be very careful. I just heard a story, a real funny story this week. Uh, I was listening to a, a pastor on a podcast, and he said that this, that this young man came to him, and he said, Pastor, I just wanted to tell you, thank you for praying with me over the last couple of weeks, because I've been praying about dating this particular girl, and I feel like the Lord spoke to me about dating this girl. And he goes, oh, wow, okay. So how did it happen? He says, well, you know, her name is Lauren. You know, you've been praying. Her name is Lauren. And, yeah, and, and, and so I was driving one day, and I was just kind of thinking about her and I was praying and I looked up and I saw a billboard. It was a billboard for an insurance company but that doesn't matter because it was, it was a billboard and I noticed that the background of the billboard, it was the color of, of Lauren's eyes. And I felt like the Holy Spirit was speaking to me through the color of that, of that billboard. And, and just that moment, I'm listening to a Christian radio station and just that moment on the radio comes a song by Lauren Daigle. And I knew... That God was telling me, I want you to date Lauren. Well, this pastor went on to say, whoa, 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 slow your horses, dude. It doesn't always work that way. You need to listen to God in different ways. This is where the the warning that I want to give you today is don't always depend on circumstances. Listen, an open door doesn't always mean that the Holy Spirit is leading you in that direction. (laughs) Here's a great example of it. Go back to the Old Testament and read the story of Jonah God wanted Jonah to go to Nineveh to declare his message but Jonah said I don't want to go to Nineveh so he went down to the seaport and got on a ship to Tarshish which was in the exact opposite direction and here's the kicker he had no problem getting a ticket to get on that ship so you could easily say well that was an open door it must be of God Uh, not really huh Because God was leading Jonah in another way. Don't don't know if you ever realize it, but that was where the big fish came into the story. And God eventually got Jonah Jonah over to Nineveh where he wanted him to begin with. So Jonah was trying to, to go in an opposite direction even though there was an open door. Same thing with a closed door. A closed door doesn't always mean something isn't from the Holy Spirit. So... Just be careful of this. And I'm going to give you some pointers as we get down here just to kind of help you with this because it can be a little bit confusing. But take a look, for instance, what happens to Paul and Silas, Acts 16. Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phrygia and Galatia because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at the time. Then coming to the borders of Mysia, they headed north for the province of Bithynia, But again, the Spirit did not allow them to go there. So instead, they went on through Mysia to the seaport of Troas. Now, some of us, if if we got stopped like that and we couldn't go somewhere, let's just say your car broke down on the side of the road, you would say to yourself, well, this must not be of God. I, I, I obviously must not be meant to go to this job interview. I obviously must not be meant to go to class today or work today. But it doesn't always happen that way. And Paul knew that because look at what happens. That night at this seaport, Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia was standing there pleading with him, come over and help us. And Paul says, so we decided to leave for Macedonia at once, having concluded, look at this, that God was calling us there. See, they could have easily quit and went home, said, you know what, this missions trip is just not for us. It's not happening. We get stopped at every turn. And so we're just going to pack it up and go home. We, we, it must just not be of God. And he would have missed completely where God was trying to lead him. So don't always assume that a closed door isn't of God either. So Paul and Silas kept this mission alive, even though they faced opposition. So Paul shows us something here that I want you to grab when it comes to circumstances. We must submit how we're reading our circumstances through the filter of the Bible and counsel of the church. Um, What I mean by that is you need to use all three. When you're looking at circumstances only, you can lead yourself down the wrong road. And so beware of that. In fact, if we review, if you think about the top, I know there's more that the Holy Spirit uses, but these I think are the top three. The Holy Spirit leads by using the Bible. The Holy Spirit leads by using the church, by using circumstances. So there's two things that I want you to catch. I don't know if they're on the outline or not, but I'm just going to give them to you. You may want to write these down. First is this. We need to listen to the Holy Spirit in that order. Listen to me. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Can you go back to that that previous slide? Listen to the Holy Spirit in that order. God will speak to you. You say, well, I'm just not really into reading the Bible. Then you're missing out on the number one source that the Holy Spirit's gonna use to speak to your life. So start reading. God will show you. God will speak to you through the Bible. And the Holy Spirit, then, will begin to confirm and speak more about whatever it is through the church, through other followers of Jesus. You say, well, I don't really know anybody that close. People really don't know what's going on in my life. Then find somebody to open up with and get them praying with you about it. It's the best counsel you can get. And then look at circumstances and filter circumstances through that. The other thing that I want to tell you is we need to use all of these to hear clearly. Don't ever limit it to just one. It's too easy to get off track. See, there's something that I believe, and I don't know if you've noticed, but I the way that I worded our points today is that the Holy Spirit leads by using these things. I didn't say leads me. See, we have the choice. The Holy Spirit, I believe, is constantly leading. He's trying to show us. He's trying to direct us. He's trying to guide us. But it's our choice to follow. It's our choice to tune into what he's saying And begin to filter that through the way that he speaks to us and know what he's telling us to do. I don't know about you, but I have to constantly ask myself a question. Am I listening to the Holy Spirit? I think a lot of the times we miss out um, because we're not paying attention. We're, We're not aware that the Holy Spirit is speaking. I don't know about you. But I need to hear the Holy Spirit speak to me. I have a lot of issues. I have a lot of stuff. I have a lot of decisions. Anybody else like me in that? We need to hear the Holy Spirit direct us. I need help processing all that's taking place in my life. Maybe, maybe you need to take some time. Maybe the, the, the best thing you could do in your life, the most spiritual thing you could do in your life is take some time to listen for the Holy Spirit to speak to you.